Hallelujah. Well, good morning. Good morning. We have, uh, I haven't known Zach as long as my wife has. I just knew him when he used to climb on my head. True story. Hallelujah. Well, let's start with a word of prayer and we're going to get right into the word today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Jesus, we reverence you today because we're reverencing the word. Lord, we thank you that you are the word made flesh. So we honor you in the reading of the word, in the um, acknowledging of the word. You said, Lord Jesus, that if you have ears to hear, let us hear what the spirit is saying. So Lord, we declare that we have ears to hear, not just ears that function, ears that listen to what you are saying. And I thank you, Father, that my lips are anointed to speak just as every ear is anointed to hear what you're saying. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. I wanted to start with a bunch of jokes this morning, and I just decided not to. So instead, we're going to go to kindergarten. Mm, that's not entirely true. Let's go to first grade. Are you ready? This morning's message is entitled, Flinch Proof. Ready? Say flinch proof. <laughs> They're working on it. They're awesome. Thank you, guys. Uh, flinch proof. I, as soon as my wife found out the title, the grammatical princess in her um, was not okay with that phrase. Flinch proof? That's, that's not a thing. Is that a thing? Can you even do that? Yes, I just did it. Flinch proof. All right, isn't that a beautiful picture? That's the reservoir. I was driving over it the other day, and it just looked so gorgeous. I was like, I got to take a picture of that. So I did. All right, so are you ready to join me for kindergarten? First grade. Hey, guys, either this isn't working or we're not on it. Okay. We can go to the next slide, please. There we go. Welcome to first grade. Have you ever seen one of these before? This is sequence of events so we're gonna go travel to first grade today and um, if you've never done one of these it's very simple it's not complicated you did it and you could have done it in first grade you can do it now all right it's very simple little miss muffet sat on her tuffet eating her curds and whey along came a cider a cider what is a cider man I want donuts and apples to go with my cider. Along came a spider and sat down beside her eating her and scared little Miss Muffet away. Okay, so which one of these pictures came first? The left one, right? Then what comes next? The right one. And then the middle one. You guys are so good. Welcome to first grade. Well done. Okay, it's a very simple concept. You can tell the order of things by how they go, can't you? Matter of fact, here, you guys are warming up, I can tell. Jack and the Beanstalk. All right, you know the story of Jack and the Beanstalk. Which comes first? The picture on the right, he has the beans. Which comes next? The middle, because he plants the seeds, the beans. Then what happens? On the left, the beanstalk grows. You guys are so good at this. Um, yeah, okay. All right. You want another one? What's that? 
an apple. Before we get there, Noah, can you come up here, please? I, I asked my, my son this morning to, to help me with the demonstration. Because this morning is entitled Flinch Proof. And so I want him to help us demonstrate the art of the flinch. Okay, are you ready? Great job! That was, can we give Noah a hand? <laughs> now, did I hit my son? No, absolutely not. See, what you know and how you react are not always the same thing. What you know and how you react are not always the same thing. My son might know that I would never hit him, but how many of us, if there was a hand coming at your face, chances are likely you're going to flinch. Why? Because it's a natural reaction. It's an it's, it is your physical body is looking out for itself. Your brain takes over and you dodge that thing. Like, ah, it's coming. Did I hit him? No. But did he act like I was going to? Yes. Because he saw the difference between here, 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 and here. He knew what was coming because of the evidence that was in front of him. Does that make sense? And so therefore he flinched. All right, you ready for the next one? Here we have an, a former apple. It used to be whole. Now it's all in pieces. And what do we got on the left there? Apple seeds. What happens when you take apple seeds and you put them in the ground? They do grow. Next picture, please. There we go. Isn't that a beautiful apple tree? But what is this apple tree missing? Apples. So what happens next? No. That's not what happens next. Everything goes wrong because everything always goes wrong for me. My tree got diseased. And then locusts came and they ate it all up. <coughs> it was terrible. I will never, ever have apples. You ever known someone like that? Have you ever been like that? What's wrong with this picture? We could see clearly that from apple seed to apple tree, the next step was a fruitful tree and apples. However... My perception was, what did you hear me say? Nothing ever goes right for me. And what, what happened? Things didn't go right for me. What was my expectation? That everything was going to go wrong. You know what? Everything went wrong. Okay, ready? Uno mas. Is this out of batteries? Oh, there we go. Cool. What happens next? <laughs> if you have ever been in this situation, you understand the terror that goes through your mind 
those seconds while you're midair. When I was um, much younger, <laughs> much younger, um, there was in my backyard, uh, there was a field and it was a farmer's field uh, and our property butted up to that farmer's field. Well, right two doors down was a dead end and we would always bike in the dead end because the road just stopped and then was there was the farmer's field. Well, at the end of the sidewalk going into the farmer's field was about a three-foot drop. It was a three-foot drop and then, then the farmer's field. Well, my friend and I had this brilliant idea because we had made a three-foot ramp and we had been jumping it and we were good. We were really good at jumping this ramp. And so we had the brilliant, brilliant idea. The only way that this can get better is if we put the ramp at the end of the sidewalk into the farmer's field. Yes. This is going to be epic. So sure enough, we put the ramp at the end of the sidewalk into the farmer's field. So now you have a three-foot ditch and the three-foot ramp, and you got this six-foot massive. I am about to make history. I can feel it in my bones. The world will never be the same after I do this jump. So I get on my little BMX bike. And I pedal as hard as I can. And I hit that ramp at about 102 miles an hour or two. I'm not sure. One of them. And I go flying. And I am flying. And it is awesome. And then all of a sudden I realize I'm going forward. I'm going upside down. The earth is now coming up to meet me. And I realize that things are not going as I thought they should. And so it's amazing what goes through your head as you are falling in the air about to you don't know what. And so in that moment, as I'm beginning to tumble forward, I do a front somersault in the air. And I'm freaking out because I don't, I, this thought goes through my head. I'm like, I don't want this bike to impale me. And so I remember chucking the bike to the side midair as I'm doing a somersault. It's amazing what you can do when adrenaline hits. And I landed on my butt. And I just stood up. And that was it. Ready? So what happens to our friend here? If you've ever experienced this. Well, his angelic friend showed up. And got him back on the mountain just fine. And if you don't think that's not documented proof, I don't know what is. You can see very clearly, there he is. We just went from first grade to a boardroom. Are you ready? <laughs> Man, you guys really grew up fast. Good job. So here in this, this wonderful chart, I, I, want, I just wanted to convey in, in picture this concept that when one event happens and then a second event happens and then a third event happens, you can kind of see how things are going. So how's your flinch? How's your flinch? Because in this scenario, what is happening? the life of this individual, the events in their life are declining. They're getting worse and worse as they go. And you can tell, where's, where's the next one winding up? 
lower than what it was. But if you notice here on our, on our chart, we've got um, what happens in the natural is the red, but then that awkward mustard that used to be something very different on my computer uh, <laughs> says God. See, what happens in our life, you can see how things are going, but it doesn't mean it has to end up that way. Just because things started in a certain direction doesn't mean it has to continue in that direction. Unless you grab hold of that and use it as proof and say, see, nothing ever goes right for me. See, I was up here, now I'm down here, I'm gonna end up way down there. I see the proof. I see how it's gonna go. But see, faith holds on to a different truth entirely. All right? So I wanna read in Luke chapter eight, in Luke 8, verse 43, it says this. It says, A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Say constant. Say 12 years. You could see how this thing was going. There was a history in place. It's been like this. It's always going to be like this. Why should anything change? Some of the different versions and, and in the other Gospels, it says she spent everything she had on doctors and was none the better. She went to every specialist. She had gone to every option. She was out of options. There was nothing left. It's always been this way. Everyone say, but God. Verse 44, coming up behind Jesus... She touched the fringe of his robe. Immediately, say immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. And Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Then the woman realized that she could not stay hidden. She began to tremble and feel, fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, listen to this, your faith has made you well go in peace he didn't say my power made you well he said your faith made you well her faith tapped into god's ability and her faith made her well that almost sounds somewhat blasphemous doesn't it like well god healed her what no jesus said this isn't some preacher this isn't me jesus said your faith made you well See, here's what she could have done, but she didn't do. She could have easily said, it's been like this for 12 years. There's no hope. I give up. She could have easily said, if I'm, I'm supposed to be shouting out unclean, if I dare go to touch Jesus, they're going to stone me. I'll never even make it. 
There were so many obstacles in her way, and she didn't let a single one of them stop her. She saw the descent. She saw the arrow. She saw the writing on the wall, and she chose to ignore it for a higher truth. See, faith doesn't deny what is going on. Faith doesn't deny that this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Faith just says that doesn't stop God from completely turning it around. What happens to us doesn't stop God from changing our future, from changing the course of something. Man, what an incredible testimony we heard this morning from, from Tony and, and Ashley, who, who was dead. And God completely turned her around. Faith doesn't say what happened didn't happen. It says it just isn't that important. It's not that important in the story. Because what God can do is so much greater than what I've experienced. So there's a story in the natural. Of we saw the decline. We saw the writing on the wall. But she chose to believe God in spite of it, and God intervened because of her faith. Luke 15. The story of the prodigal son. A few days later, the younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him to, into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. Now, we have friends that actually own pigs. They eat anything. All of your food-based scraps and trash, it all goes to the pigs. Matter of fact, I'm going to be totally gross on all of you and freak you out here just for a moment. Maybe I shouldn't. Too late. I said I would. Um, so a friend of, a friend of um, my, my friend who owns, owns the pigs, um, he's a hunter. And so uh, when they gut the deer, guess who gets all the insides of the deer? The pigs do. So, true story, he was walking um, with the deer on his back, and some of the blood from the deer dripped down his back. And when he went in to feed the pig, he devoured um, the leftovers from the deer, but then had sights on something different. He got out of there real quick. <laughs> because to a pig, if you smell like entrails, you probably are. Isn't that wonderful? Great story. <laughs> and back to our biblical story. <laughs> All right, so that's what those pigs were eating. But no one gave him anything. You can see the writing on the wall. He had it all. Now he has nothing. He has, he's a Jew and he has to feed pigs. He wants to eat 
the food from the pigs, which we've already established can be disgusting. And no one gave him anything. Sometimes desperation leads us to incredible acts of faith. Verse 17, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned both against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. And we know how this goes because we see the events, right? The father was so ticked off at him. He took half of everything he owned and squandered it. He deserved to be punished. He deserved to be stuck in the mess that he got himself in. Dig yourself out, son. That's not what happened. How many of us honestly believe, though, that's what he deserved? We can see the writing on the wall. He deserved the mess that he got. He deserved to be feeding pigs, looking for the food, the scraps that the pigs left. It's what he deserved. But that's not the father's opinion. That's not the father's story. Filled with love and compassion. Say that with me. Say love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son because I know that I deserve what I got. Because I know that I have messed up beyond repair. I know that I don't deserve any handouts. Because everyone over there already told me I wasn't worth it. So I've already learned. You don't have to tell me again. I've already learned that I'm worthless. I've already learned that I'm screw up. I already learned that I'm not even worthy of pig slop. So, Father, I'm throwing myself at your mercy because I already know that I deserve nothing. And this is the Father's reply. But his Father said to the servants, Quick! Bring the finest robes in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now is found. So the party began. Oh, church. The father's response, he didn't 
even address the son's claims. Didn't even address them. See, we, how's your flinch? Probably for each one of us, if we were in this situation, we would understand our own depravity and feel like we were unworthy of the Father's love. We screwed up, we messed up, there's no hope, it's over. We can see the decline. We see where this is going. I deserve what I got. Yet what is the Father's response? No, you don't. Because all that just went on, that's not who you are. My son was dead and he's now alive. My son was lost, but now he's found. How does God respond? How does the father in the story respond? You're my son. You're my daughter. That's who you are. And all that mess behind you, that can't change the fact that you're my son or my daughter. So let's celebrate because I'm so glad to be reunited with you. I want to share with you this morning that a flinch is a natural response. It's a natural reaction. It's not a spiritual one. It's not a spiritual one. So, there's a difference between what you know and what you believe. When I raised my hand at my son, he flinched. Why? Because it was his natural reaction. He knows I love him, but contrary to what he knew, there was a hand flying at his face. And what's the obvious reaction? I'm going to flinch. So what you know and what you believe are two very different things. You might know that God loves you, but your reaction is to duck for cover because that's what you believe. You might know that God's a loving God, but you might believe that it just doesn't matter because it doesn't apply to you. You might know that God is a healer, but you might believe that it doesn't apply to you because you haven't done all the right things and you haven't crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's and done everything perfect to deserve healing or to deserve his grace or to deserve his love and his power and his anointing and his favor of any kind. So what we know and what we believe are not the same thing. Let's take a man full of faith. Let's take this woman with the issue of blood. She knew that she had been bleeding for 12 years. She knew that doctors could do nothing. She knew that there was no hope, but she believed that God was enough. 
She believed that Jesus could completely turn everything around, that all she had to do was touch him. And what she knew could not get in the way of what she believed. But let me tell you, what you believe will always get in the way of what you know. You can know that God is good and never experience his goodness if you don't believe that you deserve it. Let me rephrase that. You can never experience it if you believe that your behavior disqualifies you from the goodness of God. That's a better way to put that. Ready? So how do we change what we know to what we believe. In Romans 12 too, how do you change what you know to what you believe? Romans 12 too, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. He's the one who can do it. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit. How is he going to do it? Through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Isn't that awesome? That's the Passion Translation. For those, for those who may not recognize this verse because of the Passion Translation, I've interpreted for you. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. How are we transformed? On the inside, by the Holy Spirit, by transforming the way we think. Letting and allowing the Holy Spirit to completely reform us into his image and likeness. The image that we were created in to begin with. How do you do that? What do you need? What is the building blocks for the Holy Spirit to do that transformation on the inside? Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active. Here in the New Living it says, the word of God is alive and powerful. We've already spoken this morning as I began in prayer that Jesus is the word made flesh. That the word of God is alive. It is living. When you take the word of God and you get it down in your heart, it is alive. It is active. It is, you ever, ladies or men, um, you ever use active dry yeast? It's active. It is a creation. It starts bubbling and fizzing when you add the right ingredients. It starts doing things. Start takes that dough and it all puffs it up, makes really good dough. <laughs> but the word of God is living and active. It's alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. What does the word do? It works. When you don't know, it works on the inside. 
You've got to get it in and then it does the rest. With the Holy Spirit surrounding your soul, transforming the way you think and what you believe. But you have to get the word in. If you can't get the word in, then what you know and what you believe won't be together. Because just knowing isn't enough. You need to believe it. And the word is alive and active. So you got to get it in. In your eyes, in your ears. You know what the best way to listen to the word of God is? Speak it out your own mouth. That is one of the most powerful ways to listen to the word of God. Speak it out your own mouth. Why? Because it begins to transform the way you think. Because it's mystical and magical? No. Because it's alive. Jesus, the son of God, is the word made flesh. And when you get the word in, it transforms you on the inside. This is where faith comes in. How does faith happen? How do you transform your belief system? How do you go from just a head knowledge to a heart knowledge that moves into action on faith? Romans ten seventeen. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I love the Passion Translation of this verse. It says, faith then is birthed in a heart that responds to God's anointed utterance of the anointed one. Isn't that good? Just, just tweaks it enough to put it in a proper perspective. God, everything God speaks is holy and anointed. It can't help but change you from the inside out if you will give it time and you will give it precedence in your heart and in your mind. Here's the thing though. This kind of transformation doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen because you do it once. It doesn't happen because you do it twice. It doesn't happen because you do it three times. It doesn't happen because you got this down for seven whole days. You are good to go. No, sir. No, ma'am. It happens when you continuously do it. Did I say that right? Heck no. <laughs> continuously do that. <laughs> when you continuously pour the word in, when you continuously allow the Holy Spirit to transform how you think, when you're met with something that doesn't look like the word, well, that's fake. That's not truth. That's not real. That's not, that's not what God says about me. So you might see a decline in the natural, but what are you saying? You're saying out of your mouth, that's not truth. There is a much greater truth going on here that behind the scenes is changing everything for God's glory and my benefit. 
just like with the woman with the issue of blood. She saw what was going on, but she just really didn't pay attention. She had one thing on her mind. If I just touch Jesus, that's all I need. If I just touch Jesus, that's all I need. They might stone you. If I just touch Jesus, that's all I need. What are you doing? You're going to look ridiculous. If I just touch Jesus, that's all I need. The voices, the possibilities, the options, none of them matter to her at all. Because she believed that if she just touched Jesus, that was enough. Um, guess what? It was enough. It really was. Ready? Back to the boardroom. So we can see clearly where this is going. We know in the natural, the first, second, and third account. We get it. We see where it's going. It's not headed in a good direction. But God. But God. Yes, in the natural, it might continue one way. But you don't have to be stuck with that. You have God. God can turn it around in a moment, but you've actually got to believe that he can. You can't interact with a good God if you don't believe he is. You can't interact with a good God if you don't believe he is. Because what are you going to do? You're going to flinch. You're going to prepare yourself for incoming Instead of prepare your heart to be open for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who loves you and is looking out for you and desires your best interests. Noah, could you come up here? So before, as I was about to to smack him, backhand him, right? Instead of bracing for the slap in the face, go for the embrace. Because how you approach God in your expectation, in your faith, makes all the difference. Your entire posture is different. Maybe, just maybe, I wasn't going to slap him at all. Instead, I was going in for the hug. Maybe, just maybe, I was going in for the hug. Thanks, buddy. If you've flinched when you should have extended your arms for an embrace, there's some belief system issues that need to get changed. Because as we read today in the story of the prodigal son, the father is actually that good. He is actually that good. But we need to actually believe that God is as good as he is. Maybe you're here today and you can say, uh-oh. I can see I've got some beliefs that aren't lining up with what I know. I know God's good, but I flinched. I know God's faithful, 
but I prepared for what would happen when he didn't come through. I know God's good, but I don't always believe that I'm worthy or deserving of that love and that goodness. Let's do some work today, can we? I'm not going to keep you long at all. Thank you for being here, for listening. Let's just bow our heads and close our eyes for a moment. Hmm. Let's just declare out of our mouth, Jesus, you are good. Jesus, the price you paid was enough. Your blood covers me, washes me, cleanses me. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm brand new. My past is behind me. The mistakes of yesterday do not disqualify me from your embrace. I am deserving of your love, not because of anything I did, but because you already paid the price. I'm made in your image. I'm made in your likeness. Forgive me for flinching. Jesus, I will spend time in your word. I will take the time to replace the beliefs with truth so that I will be flinch proof in Jesus name and everyone said amen 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 God really is as good as he is he really is meditate on the story of the prodigal son this week meditate on a father who is welcoming a son who didn't deserve it by any natural expectation and he was greeted with a ring a robe authority and restoration to sonship meditate on that this week would you for those of you watching online thank you so much for those of you that are here thank you for being here god bless you again tomorrow's labor day happy labor day enjoy your hopefully you have the day off enjoy your day off there will be no prayer uh, tomorrow night because it is labor day and uh, we will see you wednesday online only and saturday for kids church god bless we'll see you this week